Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Hello, and welcome to the Bike Radar podcast, brought to you from the team behind Cycling Plus, MBUK, and BikeRadar.com. Welcome to this edition of the Bike Radar podcast, where today I am joined by Tom Marvin, who is one of Bike Radar's technical editors. Hello, How are you, How are you getting on? Yeah, I'm very good. Thanks, Tom. Um, really looking forward to talking today about carbon wheels. Mm. Now, I know you have just completed a wheels group test, mega test for Mountain Biking UK magazine and Bike Radar. I have. Um, so this is for issue 400 of MBUK, uh, which is on sale in a couple, uh, in about a week's time, just over a week's time, 29th of September. So this podcast is going to come out um, just ahead of that, um, but keep your eyes out for MBUK 400. Obviously, it's 400th issue. We're going to do, there's lots of special things in there. I think there's something to do with Mint Source, like maybe even a comic book or something like that. Oh, no spoilers. No spoilers, but um, it's going to be a really good issue of the mag. Um, and included in that, um, are a dozen pairs of enduro, heavy, strong trail wheels. Reviews. Uh, reviews. <laughs> Imagine <laughs> trying to uh, trying to mount a dozen pairs oh of wheels to the magazine. <laughs> I've I've had a dozen pairs of wheels in my garage um, for months now, um, and what was a normal sized garage became uh, a tiny cave thanks to a wall full of wheels and wheel boxes. It was a pain in the ass. Ooh, expletive. <laughs> Beep. But boy, oh boy, am I glad to have got that test finished. Oh, wow. So, I mean, you know, f- from like my perspective, like a wheels test, I mean, it seems quite dreamy because I I break wheels a lot. Mm. It's just something that happens. I can't explain it. Always has been. Um, but actually, when you kind of break down the nitty gritty of a wheel um, and whether you can actually feel the differences between them, and certainly the disparity in costs, because mm. that's a big thing, right? I mean, you've got wheels that retail for nearly two grand for a pair, and you've got some that are down at what three, four hundred quid. Uh, two hundred fifty, I think, was the cheapest for pair. the most affordable. You know, that is a big, big mm. gap between them. Um, and today, you know, I think it'd be pretty safe to say that the more expensive ones are carbon fiber. Yep. The cheaper ones are aluminium. Yeah. Now. Is there really a difference between the two? And I think what is the point in the carbon fiber wheels? Yeah, that's, I guess, the premise of this test, really, because it was a tricky test to do, if I'm honest. I think because how are we going to caveat this? How are we going to sort of talk about this? Because it's, really, it's a really difficult thing to talk about because obviously there's a lot of hype around carbon wheels and expensive bits and pieces. Um, there's a lot of technology goes into them and a lot of brands put a lot of time and effort into building their carbon wheels. And I guess to cut a long story short, I kind of feel there's no point. Please don't stop listening to the podcast. Yeah. There is more to come. <laughs> there is more to go. I'm going to explain why I just don't think there's much point in them. But there's a lot of caveats that go into this. 
So the the wheels test I did was for kind of strong in trail wheels or enduro ready wheels. Um, they were all based around a thirty mil internal width uh, rim profile, which kind of makes them suited to two point four to two point six inch wheels uh, tires. Sorry. And which which is basically what everyone's running now. I mean, it, it's, unless you're looking at cross country stuff, yeah. And I think I'd caveat this test with by saying that actually, if you if you want to talk about cross country lightweight, you know, super fast things, then I think the the balance tips potentially. But when you're talking about big travel bikes with big wide tires, preferably with some decent sidewalls on there, my basic sort of findings after. A few months testing myself and also Luke Marshall, who's one of our testers at MBUK, kind of came to the conclusion that I think your average person, and I count myself very much as like an average person, you're just not going to notice the difference. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot going on, isn't there, with the wheel? You've got the stiffness of the rim. You've got the stiffness of the build, the tension of the spokes. And I mean, I'll be the first to admit that I am not mathematically or scientifically <laughs> um, uh, kind of prone in any way at all. But I mean, the amount of force it takes to compress a wheel vertically mm. is inordinate. I mean, it's huge, right? Those things are ridiculously strong. Vertically. Uh, yes, vertically. Incredibly important there. Because we all know that if you lean your bike over onto its side and wail on it, you can actually see the the rim flexing. You can see the spokes detensioning. And I think that there's a lot of talk about like compliance mm. and a lot of talk about all of these different character traits for wheels. And when you back-to-back all of these wheels together, all 12 of them in your case, mm. I'm suspecting that your findings are that actually... There's, there's not masses. I, I, I think separate to this test actually there has been a lot there is a lot of chat about a wheels compliance and like you said you know vertically there's very little sort of you know if if a wheel's built properly really sort of the the vertical deflection of a wheel is is minuscule i i feel that there's potentially maybe some sort of element of a little bit of buzz kill maybe if you build it right but generally speaking vertically wheels don't compress the difference in compliance from a wheel comes from its lateral flex uh, 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 and its sort of twisting, you know, the, the rim twisting on uh, relative to the hub and twisting relative to the spokes. And I think that's something we, we, we'll talk about later on, especially if we're going to talk about the um, Zips three motor wheels. Um, but I, I, I just feel that the reality is the, the differences between wheels from the stiffest, harshest ones to the most soft, if you put them back to back, I think you'll feel a difference. But I think in that middle ground where actually it feels like most wheels now exist, the differences are, are tiny. And if you really want to change how your bike feels in terms of its comfort, its tracking, um, its compliance, there's just a million and one other things that you can do which will make far bigger differences and aren't going to cost you the thick end of 15, you know, 1,500 quid. Mm. My conclusion, I guess, of the test was that your, the sweet spot seems to be about four or 500 pounds on an aluminium wheel set. Below that, the cheapest wheels in the test were a pair of Shimano ones. Um, and they felt fine. They felt pretty good. They felt pretty much the same as all the other wheels in, in, in actual fact. Uh, I think if you're a heavier rider or maybe riding an e-bike or a really hard rider, then yeah, okay, you're going to find them a bit soft. They're 28 spokes. They were 
you know, maybe not the tortoise wheels out there. And I think at the, the, the wider ends of the bell curve, you will start to notice bigger differences. But if you're an average rider of an average weight riding average speeds, They'll feel fine, but the difficult the difference with the cheaper wheels was things like hub engagement. Um, I think have, they had tend to have like a, a higher angle of hub engagement, which makes bikes feel a little bit more lazy. They don't feel particularly premium. Um, and, and, and just for the uninitiated, hub engagement is when uh, when you're freewheeling and you go to pedal. There's going to be an amount of free play as the free hub engages, mm. but essentially catches up. With how quickly it's spinning, yeah, um, and the higher um, angle of engagement, so you know you have 360 degrees of potential engagement yeah. every one degree or however many they want to put in there. Um, the higher the angle, the more free play you have until you pedal. Yeah, um, and it it just kind of makes the bike. F- I find it makes the bike feel a little bit lazier. You know, you're trying to get on the gas straight out of a corner. There'll be like a big clunk as it you know engages. Some of the wheels are up at 17 degrees. Um, and that actually, the, the, I think some of the worst actually weren't on the cheapest wheels as well. But sort of generally, ten to fifteen degrees is where sort of the cheaper end of the market end seemed to be. Um, at the absolute top end, there was 0.5 degrees on one of the wheels, and they felt wow. like under power. They felt incredible, like just so instant. Um, but anyway, around that four five hundred pound mark, you tended to get down towards the five to eight degree engagement angle, which feels pretty good. Um, the weights were all hovering around you know, 1.8 to 2 kilos for the pair. And that didn't really change massively. Um, you know, I think the the width, the, the breadth of weight difference between all my wheels was in the region of four, maybe 500 grams from the absolute lightest to the absolute heaviest. And that wasn't the cheapest to the most expensive either. There's, there's a spread within that. Um, and again, you know, we, we're talking about, you know, 400 gram maximum difference, really. But we're talking about tires now which weigh a kilo each anyway so the differences there i really feel are are fairly minimal so that four to five hundred pound it got you a quick engagement it got you a competitive weight um and in terms of build really no significant difference okay so let's just work out then let's just work out why exactly you would want to buy a pair of carbon wheels Mm. at two thousand pounds or whatever it may be yeah because people are yeah, they make them. Yeah, so they must be. They're they're a, de- they're a desirable thing. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, they look great. You know, I love a, a carbon wheel. I think they look fantastic. Uh, they tend to have slightly deeper rims, which I always think looks really good on a bike, and they look super aggressive. And that carbon finish is nice. If you are spending that much money, you tend to get a really nice hub. Um, so both the Envy wheels I tested and the Reserve ones came with um, Industry Nine hubs. Now. Uh, anecdotally industry nine maybe aren't the most reliable in terms of their bearings but their free hubs beautiful very quick engagement feel great especially the ones on the reserve wheels um and i think i think back in the day when 29 is sort of first became a bit of a thing carbon wheels sort of really showed their strengths there because early uh aluminium wheels designed for burly riding tended to either be super heavy mm. Um, or a bit too light and a bit too bendy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we're talking about like the, the fledgling days of the the first twenty nine yeah, like Giro five, bikes, six years yeah. ago. Yeah, and 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 carbon wheels sort of came onto the scene, and you know, Envy really had a reputation for having really harsh wheels. They had a deep section, um, and 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 they were uncomfortable. 
And I guess if we were doing this test five, six years ago, the findings might have been different. But now I sort of feel that actually everyone's converged onto quite a nice little middle ground. None of the wheels, some of the carbon wheels felt a little bit firmer, but none of them felt harsh and uncomfortable. I didn't really have many issues with hand pain or arm pump on any of the descending we did. There are differences in sort of like their directness, but again, it's so marginal. It just feels like aluminium wheels have kind of got the stiffness that maybe they lacked in the past, but also aren't too heavy. And it feels like carbon wheels are now maybe a little bit heavier than they were, but also aren't as harsh as they were. Mm. And it just feels that everyone's converged into sort of the same feeling wheels. It's it's basically what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. Feel the same cost disparately. Yeah, yeah. But uh, there's nothing wrong, there's nothing inherently wrong with wanting a really nice set of wheels. I just... I don't know really where I'm going. So I just don't really, it feels a bit of consumer advice. It's just not really worth the difference. Okay. So uh, my anecdotal story to this is that I, I recently tested DT's EX1700 um, wheels, mm-hmm. which are the the cheaper, not cheapest, cheaper mm. alloy version. And then the EX1501. 1501s, thank you. Or EXCs? EXCs, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It was the Enduro version. The carbon the, ones. The carbon. EXCs, then, yeah. Yeah, yeah EXCs, 1501s. And these are essentially the aluminium and carbon versions of the same wheel. Mm. The hubs are slightly different. But hand on heart, I couldn't tell mm. the difference out on the trail when using the same tyres on the same, same bike, same pressures, same yeah. trails, same day, same conditions. This is it. It's, it was. This is what kind of stressed me out doing this test. Like, um, you know, there's always chat about oh, this wheel feels good or that wheel feels bad. And I did a lot of back to back at Bike Park Wales in the Forest of Dean. Uh, got Luke along as well. And you know, we'd get to the bottom of the track and be like, you know what, mate? I'm I'm not sure I can really. This wheel doesn't feel like. You know, maybe I took a better line through that corner, but maybe I just took a better line through that corner. Yeah. Maybe this one feels a bit smoother there, but you know, I did a few back, to, a few sort of laps at, at Forest of Dean one day, and I was getting really frustrated because I, I did a run on a set of the Hope Fortis wheels, and I got to the bottom. I was like, "Gee, oh, these wheels feel amazing!" Like, hang on a minute, like I've had a bit of a breakthrough moment. These, you know, on this track doing this thing, these wheels feel great. And I was like, "I'm just going to check my tire pressures," and the front tire had just gone down by two psi in the course of the run for for whatever reason. And it's like that two psi changed the wheel, you know, like totally changed the feeling of the bike. And it was two psi, which cost nothing. It wasn't a fancy set of wheels. I pumped the wheels back up to the same run again, and lo and behold, they felt pretty much the same as other wheels. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know, as I sort of said, you know, I I, th- I think there are people on bell curves here, you know, like I'm talking about modern you know wheels that are available today i'm not talking about wheels that are available a few years ago because i think things have changed and i know there are people out there who are absolute hard chargers who, who reckon there are some differences one thing that really interested me that i was chatting to a brand manager for for a set of wheels uh, i had um a technical issue with a pair of wheels which was sorted out um it was a it was just an issue that wasn't actually an issue um but i was chatting to him about this and he was saying oh how's the wheels test going i said well you know it's, it's quite stressful like i feel that i should be able to feel like real differences here, you know, X, Y, and Z, this does that, this does that. Um, and, I, and I said, I, I'm struggling to see the point 
really in spending an extra thousand or twelve hundred quid on some carbon wheels. And he's like, well, have a look at the EWS. Have a look at the top 10 racers in, you know, who are finishing these races and count how many of them are racing carbon wheels. And the reality is, other than those sponsored by Zip, like Isabeau, she's sponsored by Zip. She's obviously going to be racing their Zip carbon wheels. The majority of them, the vast majority are racing aluminium wheels. And I think, other than sort of the, the fact that I don't really think there's a huge difference in feel between the wheels, the, 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 the thing that kind of puts me off carbon wheels is getting to the end of a ride when you're ragging them hard. So at the end of the test, quite a lot of the aluminium rims had a number of dings in them, which we only noticed when we took the tyre off because I didn't get a single puncture with any of the alloy rims. Um, None of them lost air. None of them burped particularly. None of them, when we dinged the rims, had any issues. Get a pair of pliers, very gently, you can tease it back to something straight if you if you really want to, if it's a big thing. When it came to the carbon wheels, wrote off tires because they just don't give. You know, when you when you hit a carbon rim, generally speaking, they, they've got a lot less give than an ILO one. And so you either write off a tire, you tear through the sidewall, or you crack, you know, I've cracked carbon wheels in the last year, numerous. In fact, one of the wheels didn't survive the test because I cracked it, because I hit a rock, or Luke actually hit a rock too hard and broke the rim. And that's the end of your ride. There's no coming back from that. It doesn't just bend and it's fine. It's broken. So this was something I was going to ask about, was the the longevity of Mm. a carbon wheel versus an aluminium wheel. Mm. Now, you know, I'm sure there are plenty of people that would have like the logical approach that, okay, carbon wheel carbon wheels are less likely to ding yeah and they're probably less likely to buckle yeah but when they break then they're broken. they break yeah or and your that, tires knackered yeah and and an, an aluminium rim an aluminium rim can get buckled it can ding and it can get dented and it can get sort of you know punctured maybe even mm. by rocks and I've, I've got a really strange looking ding on one of the wheels mm. that i'm using on my bikes um so they're just a bit more forgiving. They're right? more forgiving, but it, it doesn't mean they're less reliable than the carbon ones. And I think no. maybe that's a misconception that people think that carbon wheels are more reliable, mm. but they're maybe not. You know, they don't show the overt signs of their use. Yeah. I but think they have that use. The one thing that when I was writing up the test and the reviews, you know, it's not to say that you can never break an aluminium wheel set. Like, uh, you know, I, I, you can break aluminium wheels and you can write them off. Like, I'm not saying that they're infallible. And it's certainly not saying that carbon wheels themselves are intrinsically unreliable either. Like, they they all work. One thing that was interesting, though, certainly I looked at um, both Envy and Santa Cruz's uh, warranties. And both of them are very generous. Both of them are pretty much, you break a wheel... We'll replace it. We'll replace the rim. Like, no questions asked. You know, I think even on Envy's site, it says, if you drive over your wheel, we'll replace it. Um, and maybe that's where some of the, you know, obviously there's cost built into that, and that's taken account. So, okay, they cost a lot more, but you do get very, very good support with that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that probably, you know, it's a little plus point towards them. Yeah. Yeah, and that's maybe essentially a, uh, not necessarily a lifetime, but, you know, a good amount of use that you could get out of that. Oh, for that, sure. That, you know, that yeah. problem. And if on the off chance, which for most people it probably is going to be an off chance, mm. that you do catastrophically destroy the wheel, mm. 
you'll get it replaced. Yeah, uh, yeah. I know DT do a similar thing mm-hmm. for their wheels where in the first two years of ownership, I think it is, if you snap a spoke or, you know, completely buckle it, you can send it back to DT and they will sort, sort it, out it out for you, which is pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I found interesting during the test, um, I did a lot of, I got my calipers out and I did a lot of measuring. And one of the, as I said earlier on, like with the with the carbon wheels, you know, they, they're fairly easy in theory or can be to write your tire off when you get a pinch. Um, uh, if you, I, I did a lot of measuring of the rim walls and I think it was MV came with like a, the, the, the wall, it's a hookless rim wall design and it was four mil wide, which is the widest of any in there. And the reason why they've done that is for that very reason that if you have a wider rim wall, when you bottom out that tire, that energy is spread over a, a bigger area. And so it's less likely to damage both the punk, uh, both the tire and the rim itself. So, you know, I, I, I feel that, you know, I'm like, I'm kind of hating on these carbon wheels. I'm not at all. Like they've put a lot of thought into them and they're, they're beautifully built. I, I still think that if it was my cash, like I probably, I, I, I really wouldn't bother. But um, that's not to say that you shouldn't. It's kind of, I don't know. I know I'm repeating myself. I'm not saying that they're terrible things. I just, uh, yeah, I just it, think it's a hard thing to justify. It is. I mean, they certainly have their places, right? So, like, mm. you know, if you're a um, a mega weight conscious rider, an XC rider, say, yeah, for example. I think that's a different different conversation, totally, yeah, completely. And you know, you've seen like wheels from um, Syncross recently, where the the spokes uh, are one piece mm. with the rim. You know, and I think maybe even the hub. I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're... complete hub shell yeah. spokes and rim. Uh, yeah. Tom Pickcock was racing them. Yeah, at, there you go. Um, the Olympics. Um, the Olympics. That the Olympics. The that little event. <laughs> yeah, no yeah. big deal. Um, and, and, and there's also another brand I can't remember off the top of my head who do a, do a similar thing. Mm. Um, so you know that they certainly have their benefits, and you see quite a lot of downhill racers um, riding carbon rims. But you also hear stories of downhill racers replacing a lot of carbon yeah. rims. But they're in a position to do so. I mean, exactly. and, you know, the I guess the argument there is that they're if. A carbon wheel is better technically. And, you know, I think at that high end, maybe they can notice it. Maybe you can notice it. They're on a trade team. Yeah. You know, they've got money behind them. They don't have to particularly worry about going through the rims. As a privateer, as a punter, different case. Yeah. The one set of wheels that really did, I did come away really impressed with were Zips um, wheels. And now they're interesting. They... So that they have a completely different construction, right, to, totally. to all other carbon wheels out there at the yeah. moment. So if you cut any wheel pretty much um, across its rim, you you basically have a triangle with two walls coming out of it. So you have, you know, the, the tip of the triangle is where the spoke exits, um, either with a nipple or the nipples on the inside of the rim. Um, you have the flat bit of the rim bed, and then there's two walls coming out from that. Zip have created a single wall wheel, um, so it's uh, there's no like void in there, um, and the spokes basically go straight into the rim bed, and there's obviously quite a strong rim tape in there to prevent damage X Y Z. The idea of it is that the rim is effectively articulated on the spokes. They call it like ankle flex technology, I think. So if you imagine how your ankle can twist side to side when you're walking on something off camber, the idea is that the rim has that inherent little bit of wobble or flex built in. The idea of that is to give better rim compliance. Um, so when you're hitting um, rocks or roots that are off camber, the rim can just twist that or flex that little bit to help the wheel get over it without pinging you offline. Um, and it also means that when you're 
land, you know, off a jump or a drop, I'd say that a lot of the time you're not landing dead perpendicular to the ground. So there's that little bit of twist in there to help with that. The other thing being, you know, if you do hit a, a rock really hard, then that little bit of flex will just help help a little bit prevent that um, from getting a pinch puncture. Again, it's, it's they're marginal differences, but I think there is something in the way that those wheels rode that was slightly different. Uh, I've experienced the same thing with the previous iteration of, of Zips 3.0 Moto mm-hmm. wheels. Um, I agree. I couldn't put my finger on it. I couldn't put my finger on how quantifiable it was. Yeah. But I certainly noticed a difference. There was something there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, so if you're going to spend two grand on a set 1600. of... 1600. Uh, sorry. If you're going to spend £1,600 on yeah. a pair of carbon fibre wheels, they were, maybe they were consider good. the zips. Yeah. I think this goes back... You know what I was saying about um, carbon wheels having changed over the last few years. Now, I, when the previous generation of Envy wheels were released, the M50s, the M30s, M70s and that lot, they're the ones which had that um, rubber strip around the outside of the carbon rim. So when they launched those, I went to Bike Park Wales um, and did some back-to-back with those wheels and the previous versions, which didn't have the rim strip, which were a slightly different construction. And we did back-to-back, same bike, same tyres, same pressures, and there was a difference in feel. Uh, a full run of bike park wheels on the older wheels, I got quite a bit of hand pain. They were harsh. They were harsh. And the newest set of wheels, same run, same tyres, same pressures, same bikes, XXX, didn't get the same hand pain. There was a difference in feel between those wheels. And likewise, when um, Crank Brothers launched the synthesis wheels, I went up to Innerleithen uh, and did some uh, uplifted rides there. You know, there are long tracks up there, you know, uplifted. And again, back to back with some old wheels, with some new wheels. Again, there was a difference. And the, the what synthesis have done is it's a slightly wider front rim um, and a slightly lower spoke count, I think, and the, or lower spoke tensions on the front to give it a softer, more malleable feel um, for better vibration damping, better control, better line holding. And then at the back, it's a stiffer wheel um, to help with that snappiness. And... Again, I, I genuinely felt that there was an improvement there, a marked improvement in feel. It just so happens that everyone's converged on that kind of feel at the moment. Yeah. So they don't; they're no longer outliers. They just feel like everyone else has sort of caught them up. I suppose it's a yeah. you know well done those guys, but everyone else has got there now. Yeah. So the winning wheels from my test were Hunt's Enduro Wide V2 wheels, which is their latest. Um, wide enduro wheel the v2 of them <laughs> i don't know if that's not too obvious what, what, what are they made from they're made from aluminium yeah um they're about 400 quid i think they were four five hundred quid yeah. really nice hub engagement loads of different hub options for you know if you've got uh micro spline or hg or xd free hubs you know boost uh torque caps all that sort of jazz all the options um and they can match it with a 33 mil wide um front rim uh, and a 31 mil, I think it was, at the back. And it kind of achieves the same thing as what those synthesis wheels are trying to achieve. A slightly more compliant, slightly softer feeling front wheel with the tyre involved because it has a bigger volume because it's got a wider rim, giving that more control, uh, more subtle feel over off-camber rocks and roots. And at the back, a slightly stiffer build, slightly tighter feeling for the accuracy for when you're cranking out of some uh, out of some corners for 400 odd quid. So why spend more if that's, you know, yeah. what it feels like? So that kind of, you know, long story short, 
that's sort of where I ended up being, you know, like most wanted. Yeah. Like I've got those zips on my bike now because they feel great. And why wouldn't, you know, like they're, they're hanging around. I'm going to fit them because they're, they're a really beautiful feeling set of wheels. Yeah. But the other set of wheels I've got for that bike with another set of tires on are the Hunt ones because they feel just as good. Yeah. And they cost about a quarter of the set of the money. Yeah. So you've just mentioned tires quite a lot. Yes. Um, and uh, I, I too have uh, been investigating tires recently. Mm. Um, I was reviewing or have reviewed, uh, the review's not currently live, but it, it may be very soon, the Pole, Pole, sorry, the Pole. Oh, is, it? is that how you pronounce oh, it? Oh, yes, pronounced Pole. Oh. Probably, maybe not with a French accent or, or whatever accent it was <laughs> that I was saying. Um, go with a, a Finnish accent. Paulie. Nice. Maybe. Okay. nice. That was good. Uh, Stamina 160 remastered. Now, um, Hang on, is that how they pronounce it? Uh, I, I couldn't <laughs> tell you, to be honest with you. Uh, stamina. There you go, maybe. Uh, yeah, I don't know. You can criticise my accident, my accent. Feel free, uh, anyone in Finland. Um, anyway, because of COVID... Great excuse, but genuinely a, a real one given the the supply constraints. It was fitted with exo casing tires, mm. um, and to mitigate against the problems of exo casing tires fitted to an enduro bike, which are punctures and wobbly carcasses mm. when ridden hard, they also fitted um, inserts, tire inserts, in into the wheels. Huck Norris, or there was the Huck Norris, so their own their yeah. own branded Huck Norrises. Um, I think the rear one was a sandwich style, which is two or three layers of foam, okay. and the front one was a single foam layer. Um, and my gosh, I scratched my head quite a lot about this bike because I was convinced that the suspension was too progressive. I was convinced that the tunes were too harsh. And I was convinced that the bike just generally felt harsh. Mm. Um, and it had DT's cheaper, I don't know if it was the 1500 alloy ones, maybe. M1900, cheap, bigger number, cheaper yeah, wheel. Yeah, I think so. Something like that. Anyway, you can find out the exact details that I probably should know on BikeRadar.com mm. when the review is finally <laughs> released. Editor. Yes, thank you, guys. Professional. Um, anyway, I went down this kind of rabbit hole of suspension and then... I did everything that I possibly could do to the suspension to make sure that it wasn't that and the bike still felt stiff. And I was like, well, maybe it's the wheels. It's probably not the wheels because, you know, we all know that the DT wheels, they feel pretty good. They're mm. quite taut, but, mm. you know, they feel good. And I started investigating the tyres and I swapped the exo casing tyres out for a set of double down casing mm. tyres in the same tread compound. And the bike was instantly, yeah. instantly transformed even more so than when playing with tyre pressures. Mm. And tyre pressures have a massive effect. But changing out the compounds transformed the bike. That got me thinking, so I've essentially done a, a worst-case scenario, 160 quid upgrade yeah. to this bike. And I have made it not immeasurably better, but significantly mm. better. What on earth is that about? Yeah. You know, and I think you've experienced the same thing. Yeah, no, I had the same thing. Um, I did a lot of my testing on my Marin Elroy, which is a long-term bike for MBUK. A hardtail? Hardtail. And I recently, I finished my wheels test. I, I had a couple of pairs of tyres for my wheels test. They were good tyres. Like, there's nothing, you know, wrong with, with the tyres. Perfectly good tyres. But I recently fitted my favourite tyres. Um, or my favourite casing tyres, as we we're actually talking, and they are Maxxis's double down tyres. Are they? Is it uh, an Astagai and, and an uh, Aggressor? Well, there's an Astagai in the front, and it's Max Grip 2.5 wide trail, 
uh, and on the back, uh, an aggressor in dual compound, uh, 2.5 wide trail, but double down with that double down carcass. And, and these are on your Marinel Roy that I don't think you've ever mentioned. I've never talked about my Marinel Roy, no, 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 or no, a future one. I, I love that bike, <sighs> but I've <laughs> it's really bloody good. Uh, but I put those tires on, and it just made everything smoother, more composed. And ultimately faster, like you wouldn't, but like, you know, it feels like we're sort of happy knowing, talking about marginal gains. It's not marginal gains, like a really good tire. I'd far sooner, you know, if I was building up a bike and was choosing between, you know, a Fox uh, Performance Elite fork, or I could get, oh, maybe I can spend a bit more and get a Fox Factory fork with a Kashima coating. But it means that I have like, you know, normal tires. Uh Uh-uh, no, 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 no. Like, honestly, I would downgrade a lot of parts of my bike if it meant I could get absolute top spec tires, yep. without a doubt. And if you're looking at, you know, if we're talking about wheels and tires here, if you're looking at a set of wheels for, you know, you want some fancy, you know, 1,500 quid wheels or some Envis or some reserve wheels, X, Y, Z, honest to God, spend 400-odd quid, get a you know, decent set of alloy wheels, whether it's DT, whether it's Hunt, whether it's Nuke Proof, you know, they're Horizon wheels, good wheels. Mm. Spend that. Spend absolute top dollar on the best tires you can get. Buy a couple of sets of tires. Yeah. You know, buy some really good ones for wet conditions. Get a shorty, you know, for the front. Get an Asagai for when it's a bit drier and rockier. You know, like get a collection of really good tires and you'll still have money over. For if you do absolutely spangle your aluminium rims and they're dented so they don't hold any, any more air, you know, you've got cash left to spend another 100 quid or 130 quid on a new rear rim and get it built up. Yep. You've still saved yourself money, but you I would guarantee you will find better performance for your bike. Yeah. And and I think that this is this is like a it almost feels contrary to everything that, you know, the industry has maybe been saying up mm. to this point. And it tires are so easily forgotten. And they're not forgotten to the extent that, okay, these don't feel grippy, these do feel grippy. Mm. But then it's everything else that comes with it, yeah. with the casing, with that sticky compound. You know, how much better they make bikes feel. Yeah. Um, and I, I do the same with my own personal bike. You know, I, I stuck some um, thin casing, hard compound tires on it the other week. I don't know why I did mm. that. I think it was maybe just to punish myself out of pure stupidity. <laughs> um, and I genuinely, I couldn't ride the thing. Yeah. I couldn't ride it. Yeah. I, yeah. I couldn't ride it. I just couldn't ride the bike. I was like, no, I'm going home. <laughs> I can't ride it. That's it. Biking is over. I've, I've finished. I quit. It's, it's true. And then I got the motivation to fit the soft compound, you know, thick casing tires again and mm. my gosh I mean, there, there is obviously a downside to, to doing that like the I, I when the the Elroy originally comes with Asagai front and back max grip double down front and back same tire front and back um and as I was riding with a group of friends and we we were just coming back down to the bottom of the valley there's no trails so we we're riding down the road and we we're like oh let's let's just have like a race no pedaling who can get down there fastest? Um, there's a couple of guys on like, you know, like normal trail enduro bikes, 140, 150 mil, um, with like, I don't know, minions or whatever it would have been on there. Um, there was uh one of her friends, she was pregnant at the time, she was on an e-bike, you know, big heavy tires, e-bike, couldn't get into an aero position at all because she had a baby, baby. inside her. I also weighed a bit extra. Also weighed a bit extra, yeah. And then there was me on my hardtail. Like, I'm pretty happy getting into, like, a super tuck position on a bike. Like, I don't mind. And I was, like, as slippery as I could be aero. And I was left for 
dust down this hill. Like those tires, they roll so bad. Yeah. <laughs> like it yeah. was insane, just like the difference in rolling speed between all of us Absolutely. on tarmac. And that translates to uphill because God, that bike was a pig going up the hill. Yeah, it yeah, completely is. Um is something something that you definitely want to weigh up when yeah. you are thinking about this. And that's why I would, you know, that aggressor on the back, it's not the best tire in the world. You know, like there's a lot of issues with the aggressor. I think in its 2.5 inch width, it's actually a lot better than the 2.3. Um, and again, but it's dual compound, slightly harder compound, rolls a little bit faster. Um, I'm off to the Alps next week. I've got a lot of pedaling planned, like a lot of pedaling planned. And that's the setup I'm going to be using there. Um, and I'm not too worried about that. Um, I certainly wouldn't be doing max grip Asagai front and back <laughs> if there's any pedaling involved. Yeah, so one of the bikes I tested recently that um, I might or might not be allowed to talk about depending on when this goes out. It's going out next mo- on Monday, Monday uh, the 20th. i tell you what, I'm not going to talk about it because <laughs> I can't quite remember when I am allowed to talk about it, but that's fitted with um, max grip double down tyres mm. front and back. Mm. My gosh, I thought something was broken <laughs> on the bike that meant I couldn't pedal to the tops of the trails. You hadn't had your Weetabix that morning. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Um, so, you know, it's something to consider when you're thinking about wheels. Yeah. Firstly, maybe look at the Zip 3.0 Moto wheels yeah. if you're looking to buy carbon wheels in the yeah. first place, if you've got that budget. Because between us and I think quite a few other testers, mm. there is something about them yeah. that maybe we can't quite put our finger on to explain well, Yeah, but there's something there. Next up is maybe consider a cheaper alloy wheel mm. rather than just going for the carbon ones by default for all the reasons that we mentioned. Yeah. Get alloy wheels mid-range and spend the remaining cash on a range of really good tires. Yeah. So say you spend 400 quid on a set of wheels, that leaves you with potentially 1600 quid to spend mm-hmm. on tires. Yeah. You know. You're going to struggle. A lot of tires. That's a lot of tires. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. Absolutely. Fair. Yeah. And and you know, like Tom said all along, we're not trying to poo-poo any of those carbon wheels because they don't feel worse, right? That's no. what you're saying. They don't feel worse. They're just not measurably, significantly better I, 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 to warrant I, the price difference. I, I, I feel that 90% of riders, if you could hide the rim and if you could hide how fast the hub engages, because I think that is a benefit of more expensive wheels. If you could hide how fast the, rim, the hub engages and you could hide visually the rim, so you didn't know what you're riding, in blind testing... I really feel that 90%, at least, of riders really probably can't feel the difference. Yeah, I agree. So there you go, dear listeners. That's, uh, <laughs> and if you can feel the difference, then... Please let us know. Yeah, because you want a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, either you're really bloody good yeah. or you're very nuanced. Or maybe maybe it's a case that, you know, we're comparing wheels from a few years ago. Because I, I just feel that I, I think times have changed. Yeah. And I just feel that wheel manufacturers have settled on a wheel feel. Yeah. Um, and it feels that that's kind of replicated across the board pretty much. Yeah. Um, from that sort of four, five hundred pound sweet spot up. Cool. Well, there you go. On that uh, bombshell to be Top Gear esque yeah. with our ending. Um, I hope that, you know, you've enjoyed this and that maybe you might sort of be more considered or consider even more your next purchase journey.
And if you if I've just saved you a thousand pounds, my PayPal link is in the yeah. associated. <laughs> <laughs> it's not really. Uh, if only. <laughs> well, thank you guys, and thank you, Tom. Thanks, Al. Speak to you next time. Yeah, we'll be back next Monday with the next episode of the Bike Radar Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Bike Radar Podcast. If you want any more information on what we've been talking about or more news and views on cycling, check out bikeradar.com. Bye.